we are going to be switching gears here and talking about the situation in the Middle East. I mean, it is absolutely horrific. There is a glimmer of good news today as we follow along with this story. Uh, for the first time since the conflict began, uh, a number of people were allowed to leave Gaza for Egypt. Um, people with dual passports and severely injured people. Uh, it's a few hundred, okay, out of the 2.2 million. Uh, so it's a drop in the bucket, a small drop in the bucket, but it is something. Calls continue for a ceasefire from around the world. Uh, the numbers are staggering at this point. Uh, on the October 7th terrorist attack, more than 1,400 Israelis were killed in that initial incident. Uh, more than 200 were taken hostage. In the days since, and in the Israeli response, uh, we're now approaching 9,000. Palestinians killed in Gaza, um, about 4,000 Palestinian children have been killed. The violence continues to escalate, and um, the, the, the fear of a broader conflict continues to grow. Uh, the risk of that happening continues to grow, and of course, tragically, we're also seeing the violence spill over far, far, far beyond the region, including in Canada. Jews and Muslims in this country and in the United States have been subjected to abuse, violence, threats. Um, it, it's just, a, it's an awful situation. So what do we need to do when we take a look at this here in Canada to protect Canadian citizens from hate? Uh, we're going to speak now with Davut Achka, who is an assistant professor of criminology at Lakehead University. Um, doctor, thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. Uh, no problem. Thanks for inviting me. Um, so the Middle East, as we all know, uh, that topic has, has always brought out the worst in people. It is super polarizing. But what we're witnessing now, uh, all around the world, including here in Canada, it's a, it's a new level of hate and a new level of crime motivated by hate, right? We've seen an escalation. Yeah, definitely. We, we hear the news from the U.S., like Chicago, six-year-old boy, was killed by yeah. uh, his neighbor, and we, we hear the Detroit synagogue president was killed, and we have some news from Canada. And recently what happened in Russia, like in the Dagestan airport, uh, like they, they just basically were searching for Jews in the airport with some disinformation from social media. So it's, it's increasing, definitely. <laughs> Uh, and it's escalating, it's increasing, and, and really it's like gas on a raging fire, because the hate crimes in this country have been ramping up for years. Prior to this incident, we've seen an increase in it, right? Like, this is just more of the same, and it's an acceleration, but we've already seen an increase going back a number of years. Yeah, there has been an increase. When we look at Statistics Canada uh, data on uh, the hate crimes, there might be some reasons, for example, the awareness about something like hate crimes exist and people are now more willing to report what's happening. That's why we are seeing this increase in the statistics, but also uh, we see that in during the pandemic, like the hate crimes against Asian people. So depending on the context, depending on the conflicts happening in different parts of the world, we see that effect in our country here, that like we call it spillover effect, or as I said, the, the contextual issues like COVID-19 might lead to these increasingly hate crimes. Um, 
what does it do for people of like I, I I know Lebanese guys who change their behavior with situations like this. They the, the, there's a fear that goes up. There's a there's an awareness that they could be subject to this kind of. So so when you have communities uh, in Canada and and people with that uh, ethnicity or religious background or whatever, they know that the potential for them being targeted goes up. Right? It has an impact on them. Yeah, we can classify or categorize the impact in three different different levels, like individual level, community level, and the whole countrywide uh, impact. Like at individual level, uh, like studies showing that it's leading to PTSD and other psychological problems. People are uh, trying to improve their home security, their vehicle security. They, they avoid walking in certain places or they basically quit their community organizations. Yep. And they change their lifestyle at, at yep. individual level and there are psychological impacts. And at community level, there are huge impacts like people are afraid of going to their community organizations and the community as a whole. Even just one member of the community is targeted, the fear spreads around the community and now we talk about anti-Semitism and Islamophobia and things like that. And at the country level, we can talk about a lot of different impacts on public safety, like the, the, the threat of spreading around the country, like also the extremism, like uh, the people who are trying to recruit vulnerable people from these communities are now more uh, available or these people become more accessible, more vulnerable to these recruitment efforts from the extremist groups. What do we need to do as a country? What do we need our government leaders to do? Can they do anything? I mean, we, we have laws in place. What do you think we should be doing? Laws are in place, but uh, what can be done? Again, I love categorizing what I say. On prevention side, uh, the Canadian government can foster dialogue between these communities and uh, an open dialogue between them, and we can increase the awareness about these issues. Uh, the most important part in terms of raising awareness is these ki kinds of conflicts are uh, basically political conflicts, and they're happening at some places in the world. Of course, people have relatives, people have ties with their home countries, but uh, we need to know, and people need to know that this is a political conflict. This is there are some historical background issues in that. And uh, although some politi politicians around the world want to use it uh, as a as a basis for their uh, political campaigns, like uh, especially they want to use the religion religious side of it uh, to uh, to like consolidate their uh, supporters. But it is more political than being religious, like the, the issue in, in, between Israel and Hamas now exactly. It's, it's more like a political and historical and regional issue. And people in Canada should be educated and trained that uh, it's not about their religion. It's mo mostly about uh, these political yeah. uh, discussions and historical issues. Yeah. And uh, on the investigation side, like this is the prevention side, fostering dialogue, education and raising awareness and maybe diplomatic involvement of Canada in, in terms of solving this issue. I'm not an expert in international relations, but that can be a part of prevention. But on the investigation side, we can talk about the role of the police or the criminal justice system. Like there is an increasing number of hate crime units 
in, in police departments across Canada, like Cal- Calgary Police has it, Edmonton Police, and all, the, all other police departments across the country have these units. But establishing these units are not just enough. We need to make people, again, aware of these units uh, so that they will come forward. And looking at the statistics uh, from General Social Survey, we can see that only 22% of the hate crime cases are reported to police. Like when, when, when people in the general social survey were asked about their hate crime victimization, like out of all of the participants, only 22% of them said that they reported their victimization to the police. So what needs to be done, uh, like these hate crime units should be more visible and accessible and people should be uh, informed about the existence of these units. Because these units are specialized, they they are aware of the situation, they are more knowledgeable about the sensitivities, the cultural sensitivities, other unique characteristics of the victim groups and communities. So they need to be more visible and more proactive in terms of inviting people to come forward when they are victimized. It's 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 a tough one, as you say. Uh, I think we've seen any number of politicians sort of twist themselves into knots trying to figure out the best way to, as you say, have the diplomatic conversation and to sort of to to, to have the right kind of rhetoric to sort of diminish um, the hate and and the animosity and the division. Do you have to pick sides? Because you, you will be criticized for playing um, the middle and not taking a firm stand one way or another. I mean. I've seen politicians openly challenged by other politicians to either you stand with us or you stand with terrorists right? or whatever the case may be, right? Like choose. You can't, you can't say, listen, this is an awful situation. We need to be there to make sure that no babies are killed anywhere. I mean, it's a tough one. Can politicians, how do you navigate that? So being away from populism and populist politicians or politics is, is key here. Uh, we know leaders around the world, some, some leaders especially using these things to uh, like make it a kind of a religious discussion rather than political discussion so that they can consolidate, as I said, and mobilize their supporters. And the leaders of the, uh, the democratic countries should, should, not, uh, should not be a part of that discussion. And they should be, again, they should keep their own stance and be uh, do whatever, whatever they are doing in, term, in terms of diplomatic ties and keep the open dialogue, uh, the, the doors open with both parties. Yeah. I, I don't mean Hamas, but no. Palestine has a, a, a leader, and I know that Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden has, uh, have talked with Mahmoud Abbas, and they are also talking with the Netanyahu government. So open, op, being open to both parties and... Uh, creating that dialogue both internationally and at home between these communities, I, I think, is key in terms of being away from those cheap uh, political discussions. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so difficult. Uh, Doctor, thank you so much for being here today. I really do appreciate your time.